What's going on, Just Goes to Show listeners? This is your co-host, Ridge. We're back for another epi on Just Goes to Show. Yep, we got Just over here as well, co-hosting, obviously. And uh, Jack, I'm pretty impressed. We've been getting a little bit more... Um, you know, consistent with our output here in terms of content, in terms of podcasts. And I, I mean, honestly, it, it's well overdue. The Premier League is giving us a lot to talk about, uh, a lot of action, and just the midweek games have been crazy. It just seems like there's a game every other day, um, and the action's been awesome. So excited to talk more, but uh, I'm in a good mood, excited to get going. Yeah, I love that. Very, very chipper and enthusiastic chips oh. today. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of Prem action, Really, what else do you have going on? You got to be watching it. Um, we've also got our friends at uh, over at every week we follow the um, Aston Villa for the fans by the fans website, uh, which is keeping us on our toes. Where our, our, upset, our episodes are featured on their site. Um, so appreciate our, our contacts over there, Glenn Goodwin and Sam Ray, Glenn Goodwin and Sam Rayworth. Oof, had a couple too many beers before this pod, Jess. Um, Jeez, uh oh. But uh, anyway, it's good good way to get away from work. Um, I was talking to someone the other day about these and. Um, we always just talk football anyway, um, so it's nice to, I don't know, we just actually record this stuff, and then we do it, we end yeah, up doing the, it anyway, and it's, I mean, it's basically, a therapeutic this, this nature. Just, right, I mean, we would be talking about it anyway, and this just makes it seem like we think people might care about what we have to say, which is kind of cool, sure. um, but no, it's, it's, it's a good, good uh, outlet, and honestly, I mean, you know, we've, we've been talking Prem for a decade, um, I think it probably shows a little bit on the pod here, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, never. I don't think I've ever experienced a season. I definitely haven't experienced a season quite like this. But um, you know, having it be a little bit more compressed has just been so incredible. I mean, I wish there were some other things that were going on with the fans and all of that. But it's it's pretty cool and it's really competitive. It's starting to get a little bit less competitive. It seems like, but um, you know, it's it's been an awesome season, especially the last couple of months here over the holidays and the winter uh, when there's not much to do here. It's it's been a very good outlet. Yeah, I love that. Well, since uh, since you're chipper chest today, how about you run us through the agenda? Wow, I was not prepared, and I've never done that. Um, <laughs> we actually have never had a discussion about who's going through the agenda. You just always take it. Um, but, all right, we're going to do a little bit of news off the top. We're going to talk about the midweek fixtures um, and, and get into a little bit more of some of the games and, and the outlook there. Um, after that, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to do a draft of our in-form uh, six aside teams. So we'll get into some more rules at that point, but it's going to be me versus Ridge head to head. We're going to be drafting back and forth, and we'll you know post up on uh, on Twitter, Instagram, all the socials, so that way the the fans and listeners can vote who has the better draft there. Um, and then after that, we'll get back to some of the normal stuff. Trivia. Jack will be giving me trivia today. He said he's got a good one. Uh, that remains to be seen. But I've been in a little bit of a drought lately, so I really need to turn it on today. Uh, and then after that, of course, we will do the predictor picks for this upcoming weekend. Um, but, Jack, over to you. Let's get started. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the games. So we're recording Wednesday night. Let's talk about the Tuesday matches and some of the drama there. They were Those were some absolutely bonkers games. Yeah, it really was. You had the Southampton 9-0 um loss to Manchester United and then you also had the Arsenal collapse against Wolves um, and both games included dubs red cards for different sides so you had um, Arsenal with the Burnt Leno sending off and David Luiz. Um, David Luiz happened right at the end of the first half give a penalty away to Wolves Neves slots at home and then Moutinho hit what I think is the goal of the season so far well, in so the Premier League. I don't want to interject too early but I think that there were two or three goals um, over the past two days, that could have been gold the season contention. Matinho, one of them, definitely. Which is the other one? Um, gyro, Rita Wald. Mm, the, um, hardest hit, the, the hardest hit shot. Yeah, over 70 miles an hour, hardest hit shot in the Prem this season. And then actually, um, watching, I, I didn't get to catch all of the United game. I've been uh, working back in the office. Um, anyway, so I was watching highlights, and there was the one Martial goal was... Whew, um, Bruno put that ch- like the little chip through ball into mm-hmm. him. That was an incredible. I don't think it was as good as Matinho's. I think Matinho's was probably the pick of the litter, but um, Gyro's was insane. There was a, some great goals over the past couple of days here. Yeah, I always think I, I think it's tough to give a goal of the season to uh, a goal that scored in a nine nil win. Um, but alas, right, right, right. right. It, I, I wouldn't it, have. And like I said, that, that's not my pick. But I watched it and I was like, holy cow! Because Martial, you know, he got subbed on. He's been hasn't really had a good season, and then. 
gets two goals off the bench, um, and you know they were they were impressive. Then he had that chip as well that just barely missed wide. So he almost had a hat trick off the bench. I mean, you're playing against uh, you know a depleted side there, but still. Yeah, and and so it was interesting. I think about the the red card situations were um, were both games had a kind of a VAR last so, man soft red card, which was interesting because both of them weren't necessarily. Uh, you know, firm red card offenses, right? The Benrick tackle wasn't too stiff. Um, the David Luiz tackle like wasn't very strong either. But uh, you saw the referee so stay, stay consistent as the last man kind of takes down the attacker um, and result in red cards, which I'd like to see personally. Those were the two that were uh, like definitely um, very comparable. Where the Benrick one, um, so like with the Benrick one, it's interesting because he's clearly trying to get out of the way. Um, He's not trying to like make a foul there, uh, but at the same time, there's a little bit of contact probably, and he's nowhere near the ball, right? So he, he's going in on Leon Jose, and he's not near the ball. He's not playing it at all. Um, it's it's a little bit harsh. They've already had a guy sent off in that game, but I think that he's it's a it's a clear goal. You know, it's a it's an obvious goal scoring opportunity. It's in the box, so I don't think that you can be too upset. You were just in the wrong position there. It's not a violent, you know, tackle or anything. Yeah. Um, and I and I think the um, yeah, there's there's two the other two that group get grouped together. Um, the Jankovitz and Burn Leno ones I think are clear reds in my eyes. So, but they were all different. <laughs> all really, right. it was a weird, just like a wild sequence of events in all of them. Um. And, you know, for United and Southampton, Southampton at that point, it's like, it sucks to lose Bednarik for suspension, but at that point, the game's over. The Arsenal game, they're up 1-0 before those red cards happen. Um, mm-hmm. And the David Luiz one is, you know, like very similar to Bednarik. He didn't really seem like he attempted to make a tackle at all. It looked like their feet got maybe tied up a bit. I think if there's anyone that has the biggest gripe for being sent off, it's probably David Luiz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. You, you actually said Benrick at the beginning there, but I did know you were talking about the uh, David Luiz tackle because um, you referenced William Jose. Um, right, right. Excuse uh, me. I mixed, mixed yeah, the two up. Good. Yeah, you're good. You're um, good. I think, yeah, I think, listen, I think it's a letter of the law. You deny a goal scoring chance. It's tough. I think the, the, the reason why it sometimes feels harsh is because if you put yourself in the mind of the defender, they're trying to make a tackle. They're trying to stop the other team from scoring a goal. And there is a split second there where, like, David Luiz has to decide, ah, shit, I'm not going to get anywhere close to the ball, I'm really likely to commit a foul here. I should just get away. And even if they score, they score, which seems like really counterintuitive and kind of like a triage mindset in that moment for a defender. Like, hey, I'm not going to get the ball here. Uh, They're most likely to score, but it's actually worse for me to get sent off, concede a penalty, then they score because then we're down a man and they score as opposed to... um, you know, just just let the, the the attacker go in. But there are certain instances in certain games. For example, you know, I think about the the, the notable um, Real Madrid tackle on, on Atletico, um, where you do want that red card and you'd rather have that outside the box and get sent off. And you know, if it's a cup final or something. So I don't know. It's just a lot for a defender to think about in that moment, I guess. But you know, R.I.P. to everybody who had. Bednarik or uh, Bert Leno or Dava Luiz on their fantasy teams. I know Jane Ridgeway, sorry, mom, um, had Jan Bednarik on her fantasy team. It was yeah, so a, Bednarik it was a tough... had negative seven points. Yeah. Um, you, you concede nine goals, an own goal, and a red card. I don't know if that's ever been done in the history of Fantasy Prem. Yeah, that's the worst game possible. And he's like, kind of, like, honestly, he's having a good season, so probably on a lot of rosters there. Um, right. And I mean that—that's the thing with your, with Jane, like your mom there. I can't really fault her for having him, but that's that's tough. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, does that change the outcome of the game? No, the Jankowitz tackle um, does. You know, that's that's what sets the tone for a nine-nil loss. And they probably came into that match not expecting much. You're playing two academy players. That's just a horror challenge. Um, less than two minutes into the match, it, I mean, clear as day, red. And uh, mm-hmm. at that point, you basically have, you know, you lost that game two, mi- two minutes in. Like, that's yeah, just, I, it's disheartening for, think, the, for the entire side there. I think uh, our Wall Street analyst, Andrew Lockman, reported back with the staff that since Hasenhutl dropped to his knees and cried at Anfield after they won, um, they are now 0 4 with a minus 14 goal differential. I think. Yeah, it might have been. It was either 0 and 4, or 0 and 5, but I think it was 0 and 4, but you didn't even respond to that. You, you're a big Hasenhutl guy. Um, I mean, 
that's, that's you know, well, here, here's the last thing I'll say before we talk about these red cards in Southampton, you know, through the roof. But um, Hassan Huddle's been here before. He's lost 9-0 very recently. Um, and it, it, as weird as it sounds and as counterintuitive as it, as it sounds, that team is really bought into him. And the culture really revolves around the academy um, and him and them doing their best. And honestly, he's going to probably use a very similar message to what happened two years ago, and they've been brilliant between those two 9-0 results. So yeah, it's, kind not, of, it's kind of an unusual trend to have a team that's a good team and then randomly loses 9 nothing every year or so. But I'm not really worried about them, but it is funny. And I don't know if you saw this, but Portsmouth, uh, arrival of Southampton, their uh, social media uh, manager, whatever you want to call him, deserves a little bit of a pay bump this week. He, he tweeted, because um, like, 9-0 is the joint highest, uh, biggest like deficit or win in the Premier League history. And he, the guy, they tweeted uh, the last time Southampton won or lost nine nil, and then again, congratulations to the teams that beat them. Um, so it was, it was a little cheeky, little petty move there from the Portsmouth Twitter account. Love but, that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. If there's really much more to say about those games. United really needed three points to have any shot of staying in the title race, um, and so they did it emphatically. I think it's good momentum for them. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I don't think we really learned a whole lot about any of those teams. Um, so looking uh, elsewhere around the league, um, obviously you have results for uh, Chelsea, um, and then you, uh, or sorry, no results for Chelsea yet. They haven't played this week, but they did just come off um, uh, beating Wolves with uh, two Joel, two games in charge, and then uh, obviously Blades are showing a bit of a heartbeat. So any two observations for those teams? Um, I just think it's interesting with Tuchel. We'll see what happens tomorrow against Spurs. I almost wish you could have waited to record this until then to see what happens. But um, they've looked a lot more organized. The, the interesting with, thing with them is um, two matches, no goals conceded, no shots on goal conceded, uh, which is obviously pretty impressive. Um, I saw a report today that Christian Pulisic was saying that he's going to be playing in a bit of a different position, more of a false nine type role which I don't really know if that fits him or not. But I don't know. I like that uh, Tuchel's mixing things up. You know, he, he's had two pretty different lineups. He's played a lot of young guys. Um, and so I think that Chelsea are going to rebound a bit. I just think it's a little bit too late for them to, to make any push this season. Hopefully they can sneak into top four for their sake. Blades, I think, is a little bit more interesting. Um, and I think Blades is, you know, if we talk about them, we talk about the whole relegation battle. But they've now, um, you know, won three out of their last five. And I think it's it might be even better than that overall um, in all competitions. But um, they've, well, they've won three out of five in the Prem. They're up to 11 points. And they are still 11 points away from safety with two teams in front of them. I mean, if you look at the table right now, like, are, are any of these teams... Do they have a lifeline? Do Wol- you know? Just Blades, do West Brom, do Fulham have a heartbeat at all, or are we just kind of assuming that those teams are all going down? Um, I mean, honestly, you've got to assume that they go down. Something crazy has to happen. You know, like Fulham, uh, you know, Mitrovic has to go on, you know, go goal crazy, or uh, I think Big Sam's down. I think um, Blades are more than likely down, and and. Unless Fulham, you know, Mitrovic goes off and they start finding a ton more goals up front, I think they're down as well. But you know, if I look at the two teams above them, listen, it's, Bur- it's Burnley or Newcastle to slip up. Brighton's win today against Liverpool was absolutely massive for them. Huge. I think that they stay up. Yeah, I think they they've stay won, up as well. They've won three out of and, four now, and that was huge. And, th- and then uh, you have Newcastle and Burnley, t- both on 22 points. Burnley with a game in hand. Burnley, we know, they beat Villa. They beat Liverpool. They're going to get enough points just by playing boxy, KG, 4-4-2 football with set pieces. So they'll be fine. Um, Newcastle are f- fucking awful. Um, but they do have better personnel than anyone else um, in that bottom three in terms of their actual roster top to bottom. A couple of good goalkeepers. Um, and they've got some money invested in the team kind of all over the pitch, Callum Wilson, et cetera. So I think those three teams go down. Uh, I think we can kind of, I, I, you know, I hope that Newcastle slips down there, but I think we can call it. I think West Brom is the most down of the three. If there was any team that was going to sneak out of there, I think it would be Fulham or, or Blades. I mean, you know, Fulham have 17 matches left this season. Blades have 16 matches left this season. So it would take a lot. It would take a bit of a miracle, but I'm not saying it's impossible. I, it just seems at this point there's eight points between 18th and 17th. Um, but there's a little bit of momentum from Bla- oh, a lot of momentum from Blades and then kind of a little bit from Fulham, although it's slipping a bit. So we'll see. Um, but, uh, you know, either way, it's good to see Chris Wilder have some success. I think it makes it a little bit uh, better for them if they do go down and they can keep him next year. At least they didn't. 
Um, you know, like have one of the worst worst Premier League seasons of all time if he can keep that up. Who yeah, knows? I think I think it's interesting. I th- if I, if you actually look at their team, there there are a couple decent players in that team, right? You think about Ramsdale and goal. I think Xander Berga, uh, Xander Berga is probably the best player on their squad. Their club record signing, and then you have Rian Brewster up top, who had a lot of hype in the championship, hasn't scored. Ollie McBurn, Ollie McBurney, also a, a decent center forward. So it's interesting. I think. They did spend a little bit of money, so I am curious what will happen to them when they go down. But I do think they're kind of built to come straight back up. So um, West Brom, so. West Brom, however, um, you know they went down, came back up um, already. Like they're kind of on, a, or, uh, they're kind of banging on the door for a little while. Um, I'm a little bit more concerned about them, their costs, uh, the payroll of some of their players. You see, you see Mateus Pereira leaving um, in the off season, and. Uh, and as well as Semi Ajayi, uh, so you know, and Sam Johnson potentially as well. So you've got concern, some concerns about some of their team, um, and then Fulham. Fulham has some really, really strong talent. Uh, you know, uh, so like Loftus Cheeks on loan, Adam Lookman's also on loan, I believe. Um, Ola Aina's on that team, uh, and Gisa. So they have a good team. And, 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 and Ariola Adarabio. So. Yeah, Some players they, got, they got a lot more talent. I think out of those three, um, West Brom are, are the clear losers of the group. But, yeah, agreed. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like Fulham, and I, I think Fulham and Blades are both good Premier League clubs. I think that they're more fun to watch than the Burnleys, than the Newcastles right now. So, I don't know. I, I got a little bit of a, a part of me that's rooting for them to stay up. West Brom, I could care less. I don't like Big Sam and... Um, they're bleeding goals, but we'll yeah. see what happens. I mean, it's just good to see Chris Wilder get some wins because I really like him, and I think that um, it's got to be a tough season for Blades after they, they must have had a total shift in expectations last season, just hoping to stay up, and then ended up finishing top half and, and blowing that out of the water to this season. I mean, the worst start in Premier League history. It's got to be a little bit of a, a roller coaster of emotion there. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. that they can kind of steady the ship a bit. We'll see what happens. Right. I think the. Uh uh, you know, jumping around the league and and looking at other observations from the Premier League, really the only other observation I have is that today all away teams won in the Premier League, which is strange. Um, and it just to reiterate, we talked about this a few times on the pod that home field advantage, you know, home ground advantage, home advantage just doesn't exist during COVID. Um, you know, with stadiums empty, it's just it might even be a disadvantage. To be playing at home, I, we'd have to get the data back. But um, I, so I don't s- s- something about like a a trip, you know, where you're traveling, you're away from your family, you know, you're more uh, I don't know mentally in route to the stadium away, you know, business, uh, down to business, uh, and, and yeah, and and maybe that helps away teams more than home teams. I guess I could see that. I mean, the one thing that I would say is if you look at um, you know home field advantage with no fans in the Premier League versus like American sports. The travel is a lot more minor in England. You know, you're going to get on a train for a couple of hours at the most, unless you're playing Newcastle, which might be like, what, three, four. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's really nothing that major for travel, and you're not changing time zones where, like, you know, if you're an NFL team going from West Coast to East Coast or vice versa, that's really going to mess with you a bit, mess with your body mm-hmm. and your schedule a little bit more. So not having to do that in England, the travel is not as big of a deal. So not having the, the home field advantage um, in terms of noise and atmosphere, um, it really seems like there's really not much to it at that point, um, other than maybe you know you sleep in your own bed or you, um, you're at your own locker or whatever. But I don't know if that really makes much of a difference. Yeah, that's a good point actually. If the Premier League was in the U.S., home field advantage would uh, would actually be an advantage because of the time zone situation. I, I agree with that actually. It's a good take. Yeah, I mean it's a fact, so it's not even really a take. But I'm glad you agree with it. Um, but no, it is interesting that they're all winning, and you know we've talked about this several times this season about how you know, the, the no fans is going to make a difference, and it has. And um, uh, I don't know if it's really made a difference in the way we thought. We thought that maybe some of the bigger teams um, with the, the bigger stadiums, more fans might not. I don't know. It, it's weird. It's hard to say. I, I haven't looked at the data enough to say, like, whether or not this has made, had a major impact in the season. But you'd have to think um, that it has. And all away teams winning today, you know, that might be just a, a fluke coincidence anyway. But something to point at and take a look at. And it is interesting because you have Brighton beating Liverpool away. You know, there's not like they were all cakewalks for all these teams, even though, you know, like you would expect City to beat Burnley away and, and, um, and Leicester to beat Fulham away. But those were really the only two that were probably the, the road favorites. 
Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What else you got? Anything? Else? Any other takes on the prem before we get into our draft? I just had one other thing. I wanted to give a shout out, a quick shout out to Sean Dyche. Uh, if you guys haven't seen his press conference, uh, his pre-match press conference from this week, it was a, a really a, a breath of fresh air. I would have to say, um, Sean Dyche has this kind of stigma about him or this this vibe about him that he's like this big almost like hooligan like rugby player like you don't want to mess with this guy at the bar type vibe and I, i'm sure i i definitely wouldn't um you know i wouldn't wouldn't uh, look him the wrong way but uh he he has a little bit of a, a soft spot a little bit of a sweetheart in him and he had this press conference where um one of the reporters asked him uh i don't even know who the guy was i didn't really look into it you might know if it was an english guy but like basically said that he has like a what we would call like a doppelganger or a look-alike type person that was just um this guy asked about and sean dice just like took the question and ran with it and he was like no actually you know people say i look like chris evans uh which he clearly doesn't uh, but it ended up being like a four or five minute thing where um sean dice was basically saying like he loves looky likeies is what he calls it um and it's just like his version of like people watching with like his family or friends or mates at the pub and and picking out random strangers and and saying who they look like and that kind of thing um which seems really silly and it was but i don't know man it, it had like a, like a little bit of like a ted lasso vibe where you're just like this is like makes me feel good um and he was talking about how like these reporters need to um have a little more fun with it and we're in a really tough time right now with the pandemic and all of this and you know like we should be like just messing around a bit in these press conferences and taking things less seriously and then you know after like four minutes he's like no no no, ask your questions i know you got a job to do blah 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 you know he wasn't he was he was just having a good time with it but um if you haven't watched it yet look it up sean dice looky likeies is what he calls it i don't know if you have any more to say on it but um i i had to give it a shout out because it like made my day watching it today i, I laughed and i just like felt good about myself after watching it I love the uh, I love the Ted Lasso reference. Ted Lasso is that didn't it kind of feel like that? I don't know if you've if, if all of our listeners have watched Ted Lasso or not. If you haven't, you need to. It's incredible. But um, well, that can be the uh, you can be you can be the man. Ted Lasso can be your manager for your six aside draft team because I don't think we have managers included. We didn't do we that. We do not. Yeah, um, um, Team Lasso over here. I don't know if you have. Uh, <laughs> another fictional <laughs> manager you could throw in there but yeah no uh all right so, so uh, how we how we can do this chris or how, right, how i'm gonna go over the rules teams yeah i'm gonna go over the rules so it's a it's a draft of i said five asides because that's what people normally call it but i'm gonna go six aside because i wanted six positions so basically jack and i are gonna do a snake draft two man so it's not like that big of a snake it's a really windy one but um we're gonna draft in form teams right now so we're thinking about like the last three four weeks um, maybe like five six match weeks the most um, which players are playing the best in the prem and we're going to do a, a side where we're picking a goalkeeper two defenders two midfielders one forward now the thing is there's no order so like let's say i have the first pick i could take my striker and then jack could take a midfielder and a defender and then i could come back but the big thing is that once a player's picked you can't pick him again and if i have the first pick jack has the next two then i have the next two until we fill out our sides um, and i'm gonna put up a yeah i'm gonna put up a graphic um so we can vote on it and have some fun with it um but basically that's pretty much it it's gonna be pretty simple um so here's how we're gonna decide the order jack um, since I think I have the massive mental upper edge, I'm just going to let you decide whether you want the first pick or you want to defer the first pick to me, and you'll take the second and third. Uh, I'll, def- I'll I'll take the first pick. You'll take the first pick. All right. Yeah. Um, so, and also feel free to give a little bit of analysis or your thinking when you take this pick. You know, I want you to be able to sell this for our listeners, so that way maybe you can garner yourself some more of the vote. Um, all right. So I'll. Um I'll, you know, obviously pick over first overall, kind of like easy, you know, just who's, fucking rip who's it. Going one one. Um, you're going one one is right now in uh, in my six aside team. Um, I'm gonna go with a midfielder. I'm gonna go Jack Relish. It's the first overall pick. Um, logic behind that, I genuinely think, uh, currently right now in the Premier League, f- factoring injuries, everything, um, he's the best player in the Premier League. Uh, he's David Moyes actually said that this week. He said he's. Uh, Jack Grealish is probably the best player in the Premier League right now, uh, and I couldn't agree with him more. Um, and you think about his creative outlet, can also get behind the ball, play defensively. He's in great physical condition. Um, he can win a ball in the air if he needs to. He's for, you know, a really, really good athlete. Um, not as diminutive as some of the other midfield players um, who kind of play a similar position, like a Bruno Fernandez. Um, you know, even you can throw in Mohamed Salah, etc. So uh, Jack Grealish, first pick. Okay. 
love the pick. He was on my board. Um, I, I thought you might take him first if you did have the first pick, so I was prepared for that. Um, but obviously, he's... I don't know if I've said this. I probably said it about 12 times on the podcast, but I think he's my favorite athlete of all time. So I'm jealous. You know, I would have loved to have him. Yeah. Um, but now I've got second and third, which I would have definitely given you the first pick had I had the opportunity. Um, I love being able to get two here. So I'm going to go with my first pick. I'm going to take a defender. Uh, I think the most informed player in the league right now. Um, I'm going to give you some numbers. He has made 12 starts this season. Um, and he's his team has given up two goals in those games. Uh, it's John Stones from Man City. Um, <laughs> talk about inform. I mean, holy cow. He has given up. The City have given up one goal in their last nine matches. Uh, he also had a brace against Crystal Palace. Um, so I love that I that falls to me. With the second pick, I'm going to take Stones. And then um, the wraparound, my second pick here. I'm going to take someone that I think you probably wouldn't take anyway, but I absolutely need on my team, um, especially after today. Uh, it, it's not going to be a surprise to anyone that knows me or that knows the pod, but it's James Madison. It's going to be my first midfielder off the board. Oh, my God. So uh, his last six appearances, he has three goals, three assists. Only one of those matches he didn't have an attacking return in. Uh, two great assists today. Uh, one in his previous match against Leeds. Um, over the course of the season at this point, he's got six goals, seven assists, and 20 appearances. He has been absolutely electric. Um, and he's just a fan favorite for me, so I'd love to have him in the midfield. That is my next pick. I got John Stones, James Madison. Back to you for two more. Wow, that is... Uh, I mean, I, I, I guess you gave logic behind your picks, but I am... As fucking astonished with those picks. Um, so, anyway, with the uh, I, I'm with, excited to hear how we're playing a two. We're playing. We're playing a goalkeeper, two defenders, two midfielders, and a forward. Just so you guys know, in the six aside teams. So I'm gonna lock up. Uh, I think when I'm thinking about uh, there, you know, you can only have one forward in this team. Um, so you obviously want to lock up. Uh, and, I, and and so you don't have the option of kind of playing two different dynamic oh, midfielders or, or kind of yeah. outside outside of you off, and, Jack. But we did um, Jack and I did have a, a conversation before that I feel like I should inform the viewers on. We're talking about positions. We are classifying classifying them as they are on the fantasy Premier League um, from Premier League.com. So if you're a midfielder on there, you're a midfielder here. If you're a forward on there, you're a forward here. Yep, exactly. So, like, Marcus Rashford is a midfielder on Fantasy Premier League as opposed to a forward, and he generally he'll play up top a lot. So, um, for my central forward, because I think there's a big drop off in in terms of you know uh, center forward talent in the Premier League, I'll go with Harry Kane as the uh, fourth pick in the draft. Yeah, I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna play today in my six aside team. I I didn't know it was excluding all injured players, but I mean, it's just you know, it's an in it's an informed draft. You got to draft a guy that can't play. I feel like it's gonna hurt your side a bit. Can't play today. He'll he'll play what? Well, it, I mean, it's, not even, it's not even a serious injury. I mean, if the match is today, then you're gonna have to to scrounge the the bench that we didn't even come. Okay, up with, so. uh, hold on, hold on. Are, no, are you putting, I, I don't, no, it's a pick. It's a pick. Your 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 fingers okay. are off the piece. That's fine. I'm just, okay, yeah. I'm surprised. I'm, so but. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Harry Kane. Obviously, is um, guy's hurt right now and he misses a couple games a season, which is fair. Uh, but I think he's by far and away the the, the best striker in you know in, in the Premier League right now. Out and out, um, uh, out and out center forward. And then if you look at there's a bit of a drop off after him. You have like Jamie Vardy, who you know I I, I think is in in a, in a similar breath. And then you kind of have Calvert Lewin and some other center forwards. So uh, I'm gonna go with. Harry Kane, um, Vardy's also hurt, so I guess you couldn't pick that, him either, Chris, just so you know. Um, I wasn't going to take him, but thanks for the, the heads up. I appreciate it. And then um, if I jump into my midfield, uh, I have a lot of back and forth here uh, because I already have Jack Grealish uh, and, and, and I have uh, Harry Kane, right? So I have two players who are both really good on the ball. Um, I'm going to have two defenders behind them. So I don't know if I need someone who's like defensive minded, like a suit check. Um, but I do think that I need someone who's explosive and pacey because, you know, Grealish is pacey, of course, not incredibly direct. Well, he is direct, but, uh, not like a wide player in terms of his directness. Um, and so the next player I'm going to pick in midfield, I'm going to take Wilfred Zaha. Uh, the, the 
I just kind of feel like this the pick kind of speaks for itself. So I'm just going to stop there. Okay. Um, I, I think you could use a little bit more explaining, but that's fine. Um, so I'm going with players that are playing really well. Jack's going with players that he likes. Um, and, you know, it's okay. I mean, you know, you might get some more of the votes because you got some of the bigger names out there, but I know that my list <laughs> yeah, is we, I, I've made you're, three picks, so you've made two, and you're already saying the I mean, well, votes. Well, I mean, you're, you're gonna, you, if you're going to pander to our our audience that's all Palace and Villa fans, and, you know, that's fine. It's, it's, that's I'm not pandering to any audience. I am, I am simply you know, picking most the best listener, player. You, you, you shout out Glenn's, you know, website about Villa fans, and you take Grealish 1-1, one, one, yeah, you're going to get some votes. It's okay. I mean, that's your strategy. That's your strategy. I get it. Um, it's back to me. So I'm going to obviously make two more picks here. Um, I am freaking out a little bit now. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to take my first pick and this is not a pander, despite what I just said. Um, but he's been, <laughs> <laughs> he's been the best keeper in the Prem this season, and I know you probably wanted him. Um, he didn't have a great day today, but we're just going to forget about that. Hopefully people didn't watch. Uh, it's Emmy Martinez. He has been the best keeper in the Prem this season, I think. Um, so talk about inform against, you know, for a team that, let's, let's face it, Villa are not the best defensive team in the Prem. They're good. They got some good players back there, but Martinez has been electric. Um, he thinks he's got 10 clean sheets uh, this season, and uh, it doesn't seem like he's slowing down. Today wasn't his best day, but in terms of in-form, he has very much been in-form, um, and I think will continue to be so. So I'm going to go with Martinez for my keeper. Um, I know that I don't need a forward yet because you already took yours, so I'm going to hold off on that. And <sighs> you took both your midfielders, so pretty obvious for me. i got to go defender. I'm just kind of between two guys. Hmm. I'm going to go with Jao Cancelo as my second defender. I'm going to have two city defenders. Um, I, I like John Stones as more of a central defender. Um, really good with the ball on his feet. Can come back, take the ball up for Martinez. Cancelo can offer a little bit more going forward. A lot of pace. Um, had a goal and assist against West Brom a couple weeks ago. Obviously, I went over the, the city defensive stats as of late. You know, one goal conceded in their last nine matches. Um, so I'm going to go Jao Cancelo, and I feel pretty good about that. Damn. Yeah, I think it's a good pick. Uh, it's funny. So you, you have John Stones and Jao Cancelo. Um, for your, so you have two city defenders in your yes. back line. You elected um, for a, best defense a, in the, the Prem, so. Right, you elected for a center back, and you also elected for a, a an outside right, defender. But, yeah, center back, but John Stones is like, a ball-playing center back. So, you know, in a, in a six-a-side team, I think that makes sense. Right. It do, it, no, it, it does make sense. So I'm actually going to go with something similar. I'm going to go with a, uh, a central defender um, and an, an outside defender uh, for the same logic. I think you need someone who can win some of the aerial battles. I know we're playing six-a-side here, but in case balls come in over the top or, you know, you need someone with, a, with you know, to put in the crucial blocks. And I don't think there is actually a better central defender in the Premier League with the, the given injury of... Uh, of Virgil van Dijk, uh, and it's funny, uh, I would actually take him over John Stones, uh, is Ruben Diaz. He was almost my first pick. I think, he's, two. I think he's better than John Stones. And he's, I think he might act, be, but he's he, not as in form. He's, act, he's, act, he's the surefire mainstay in the middle of that uh, Manchester City defense. So um, I was reading an article the other day about how he has this, had a similar impact on City's goals conceded um, than van Dijk did when he came in. Um, to, yeah. to Liverpool. So I'm going to go Ruben that. Diaz. Ruben Diaz as my central defender. You've already picked your uh, defender, two defenders, and your uh, yeah, goalie. You got, the, you got the, your pick of the litter at this point. Right. So uh, no, no matter who I go with here, um, I can pick, I can follow up with another pick. That's why I went with Cancelo and Martinez to basically, you know, get my pick, and then you can, you were left with those already. So yeah. Listen. I think the the goal the goalkeeping position. I think again in six and a side, you need someone who has good distribution, as opposed to a shot stopper. Um, you know, you need good passing to open up and make it seven and seven. And I think I have to go with the goalkeeper is the best uh, distribution in the league, and that's Ederson. So I mean, you you talk about me going with two city defenders, but you got a city defender and a keep. Now I will say, Jack, 
I don't hate the pick. I like the pick. Um, and I love the Ruben Diaz pick. I am a huge Ruben Diaz fan. And I've been going back and forth all afternoon on who I was going to take with my first pick, whether it was going to be Stones or Diaz. Um, and I went with Stones only because I think that he's probably a little bit better for this format if we're actually going six aside. I think he's more of the guy that has the ball on his feet, passes a little bit more. But I do think Ruben Diaz might be the best uh, center back in the Prem right now, not named Virgil van Dijk or the one, you know, with with a full uh, knee intact or whatever. So mm-hmm. I like that pick. Um, Ederson's solid, too. Not as good as Martinez, but it's okay. So now my strategy paid off, though. Because I've basically gotten to pick whoever I wanted to. And I, I, if you look at my big board, I could send it to you. But I've gotten the exact top picks for every position I had. Um, it was just either Diaz or Stones. And then Cancelo was the next one. So um, my last two picks are going to be someone you already named, Thomas Suchek in the midfield. Um, <laughs> talk about in form. He's been absolutely destroying the teams we know and love as of late. Um, with uh, good performances against both Villa and Palace in the past three weeks. He scored twice against Palace, once against Villa. West Ham have been on fire. Um, and I do think that he complements James Madison well in the midfield. Madison a little bit more technical, Suchek a little bit more physical, um, but obviously has a, a knack for goal. He's got eight goals this season. Um, and then talking about physical, I'm going to go with my striker, um, who I think... I, in a, a six-a-side match, I'd probably take over Harry Kane. It's Mikel Antonio. Um, so just to give you an idea, we're talking about form. Mikel Antonio, um, since he came back from injury, has made five starts. Um, he started this first match against Burnley, goal. Next match against West, Brand, West Brom, goal. Next match against Palace, assist. Blanked against Liverpool, and today two assists against Villa. Um, I know that you like Antonio as well. He was in really good form to start the season before he got hurt. So, I mean, he's only had 14 matches um, played this year, but since he's come back, he's been really, really good. And I think for a six-a-side format, he fits well. He can He's kind of a positionless type player. Um, you know, he's had a lot of experience in lower leagues at other positions. He's very physical, works hard. So I think he's a great uh, compliment up, at, up top for my team. I love my team. This is exactly how I wanted it to go. I drew it up perfectly. Well, um yeah, <laughs> listen. I, 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 when I hear you uh, read off the Antonio stats, I just hear kind of he hasn't scored in his last three games. Is that what you said? That, to be correct, I, I didn't he, say it that way. He hasn't scored though. That's right in his last three. So I mean, you can look uh, it up if you want. Mikhail Antonio, freak athlete. I love, especially in six aside. I love going with um, freak athletes, guys who are really strong in tight spaces. You have Suchek and Antonio riding West Ham's uh, wave, of, wave of form. Um, I'm going to round out my team. Uh, wait, wave. wait, 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 though. Real quick before that, though, um, before we move off of the Antonio comment there about not scoring in his last three games. I mean, Harry Kane is hurt. so And he didn't score his last game that he played either. I, I mean... Last game that he played? He's literally injured. He I mean, he's play. gonna he's gonna be back very, very, very shortly. We'll see. Um, I mean, I don't believe Jose. I don't believe anything that comes out of guy's mouth. But <laughs> so, right, take your uh, last pick, defender. Sorry for interrupting. Last pick, defender. Um, so I went with an outside outside defender, and I'm kind of torn here between going with kind of a defensive minded outside back or a a more attacking outside back. And I have a very defensive minded Ruben Diaz, so I'm gonna go with a little bit more of a, an, an attacking option here. I'm going to go with James Justin um, as an outside defender. And, and I don't like that I'm on the Liverpool or the uh, Leicester bandwagon, but James Justin can play left side of defense, right side of defense. Um, he's very, very pacey, very quick, good with both feet, scored a goal today. Um, he scored a screamer in the, in, in the FA Cup the other week. Uh, and he's been very, very, very good since joining from Luton Town last season. Um, and the first couple of games I watched, he looked nervous, like just unaccustomed to life in the Premier League. And you can tell, like, he's just dominated um, the outside back position. And he's keeping on either side of the defense, Ricardo Pereira, Timothy Castagna, um, who are seasoned internationals out of the team behind him. So I think he's one of the emerging, uh, best of young emerging outside defenders. And England are littered with those. But James Justin is the last defender going in my team, barely eking out Aaron Wambasaka. All right, let's do some honorable mentions really quick. Um, I actually, so Justin and uh, Lucas Digne were the next guys kind of on my board, um, but Justin was, would have been the guy. So had I not been able to get Cancelo, I would have gone with him. So I like that pick. Um, I had Grealish on my board. 
I did not have Zaha, Kane, or Ederson. Um, I would have maybe gone with Schmeichel. I was thinking about, um, but I didn't really. I, I wanted Martinez, so I'm glad I got him. Um, the other um, forward I was considering was Patrick Bamford. I knew you would never take him, so I wasn't planning on taking a forward early because I knew you. I either had Antonio or Bamford. I thought maybe you'd take Antonio, but um, so anyway, did you have any other honorable mentions, any other comments before I read off the the teams here? Yeah, I mean. It, at up at up at forward, the more I think about it, the more I look at it. The fact that Callum Wilson is getting the kind of numbers and production that he's had this season, he's kind of fucking. It's kind of fucking crazy. I think he's um, good. He, I really like. He's him. a he's a very very good center forward. Um, he's industrious. He's big. Can win in the air. Got a silky touch. He's pacey. Kind of does everything really really well. Good athlete. So, I mean, I'm looking at Callum Wilson and I'm thinking. Fuck if the, if he's on a Tottenham if he's on a imagine could fit into any team in the Premier League. Imagine Callum Wilson playing where Patrick Bamford plays. Dude, imagine like blades with Callum Wilson right now. Like they're they're a <sighs> yeah. I mean, team, I, I mean, I'm, I mean, there's I'm a more, lot of I'm, teams that yeah, I think he can just uh, yeah. I'm just I'm more so picture, pic, picturing him in like a top eight team or like a very attacking right. kind of like free flowing team. I mean, and I just think fuck, he'd score so many would goals. Kill to have him, but. Yeah. I think I mean if you look you put him on blades like they're you know an upgrade over like Rian Brewster or Ali McBurney or David McGoldrick like yeah. come on are you kidding me um, yeah. no so I like that I mean I actually do think Zaha has been playing well he just didn't have him on my list um, I thought a little bit about Ali Watkins as a forward and he actually scored today as well he's been playing really well um, but other def- I didn't really have any other defenders that I, that I was really considering um, yeah I mean I thought, when, I thought about De Bruyne and Son but. Sounds yeah, kind of I'm faltering. When you go into defense, I think, like I said, I mentioned Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I think Matt Target and uh, Ezri Kansa have been fantastic this season, yeah. so they kind of get some honorable mentions for me as well. Um, Stuart Dallas has played all over the park for Leeds and done pretty well. Um, yeah, he's a defender in, times as well in fantasy prem, but he's not really a defender, right? Um, uh, and then jumping into jumping into the midfield, I really do like the Suchek pick. Uh, it's tough. Neither of us picked Bruno Fernandez, and he, I think, he what, had a goal and two assists. I guess he had, in the, he had nine, like the only uh, the only ten point zero on who scored um, all season. I think in the prem, but yeah, but it, it, it's hard though. I don't know if I pick him in my six aside team. He's just kind of a. I don't think uh, I would either. Actually, I, I think because he just fades away defensively. He disappears when he, when they don't have the ball, and like I'm not saying that Suchek and Madison are better than him. They're definitely not. But for the the amount of uh, time they'd have on the ball or, like, roll defensively in a six-a-side game, I, I do think they might be better players for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, we left them out of our teams, and, you know, if you follow us on Twitter and you disagree, tweet us. Right, yeah, you just your mid, your midfielders. Like, at least Suchek's going to offer something defensively. Anyway, so here's the lineup. So, Team Chess, I've got Emmy Martinez in net. Defenders are John Stones, Jao Cancelo. Midfielders, James Madison, Thomas Suchek. Striker, Mikel Antonio. Team Ridge, we've got Ederson in that. Ruben Diaz, James Justin as defense. Midfielders, Jack Grealish, Wilfred Zaha. Striker, the injured Harry Kane. Um, I will be putting out a graphic on both Twitter and Instagram. We will be compiling a poll. We will be sharing those results. We'll see what happens. Um, remember, it's in form. Um, six aside. And I think we might, might do some more of these types of things. Maybe get some guests on. It was pretty fun to do that. But um, anyway, let's transition to trivia because we're running a little bit long now. Jack, you said you have something good. I'm excited to hear it. Yeah. So here's the trivia question, Chris. I'm going to give you. Uh, I'm going to give you. Honestly, I'll give you a minute and a half. I'll give you 90 seconds. Okay. And really, I'm ex- I don't really. I'm not going to lay out my expectations beforehand. Here's the. Here's what the question is. There are currently five players. They are the five most expensive. Uh, I'm on a list here of the most ten expensive, uh, the ten most expensive January transfers into the Premier League, right? Um, Active or all time? All time. I want to know. I, there are five players from this list that are active, right? That currently play in the Premier League. Um, all of whom play for the team they were transferred to on this list. So there's no like, like Fernando Torres is on this list, for example, and he moved from, you know, Liverpool to Chelsea and he's, you know, deceased in terms of the footballing world. Did he just get a major right. job, but right, he's right. not okay. an active player. So you got five active players who are amongst the top t- in the Premier League right now, who are amongst the top 10 January transfers of all time. I want to know who those five players are. Ready, set, go. 
Bruno Fernandez. Yes, Christian Pulisic. He's number five. Yes, Christian Pulisic is number two. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> okay, 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 okay. This is tricky. I'm trying to think what teams have brought someone in in January. Can you give me um, the order of them? So P- Bruno was five yeah. and Pulisic was Num- two, you said? Yep. So you're missing three, okay. four, uh, uh, three, four, and one. Pepe was summer, right? Um, oh, wow. This is really difficult. Okay. Um, they got to be big six teams, I would imagine. <laughs> They're big fucking players, Chris. Like I know. I'm just, I just January is tough. I don't I don't think about that from guys that haven't come recently always that they were January signings. That's why Pulisic and Bruno were easy. Um Pogba was summer, I think. Uh oh my god. So you've Pogba got summer. I'll give you Pogba another summer. Tw- 25 seconds. I don't know. I mean I don't know if I'm two, gonna get any two, more. Two, Two of them are center backs, and one of them is a striker. Um, Virgil's not. Virgil was summer, right? No, Virgil was January. He's the number one. Okay, Virgil then, and then one more center back and one striker. Um, mm-hmm. Not David Luiz, because he wasn't January to Arsenal. Um, All right, three seconds. Yeah, I mean, I don't know Time. if I'm able to get him quick. Yeah, I. I got the first two immediately, but that's tricky. You did. January, I don't, man, like Pulisic, I knew because it's Pulisic, but he didn't even come in January. He was delayed. And then Bruno, I knew because it was so recent. Um, Yeah, that is is a good, I like that trivia question. It's a good one. Um, If you were to kind of work backwards, yeah, if you were to kind of work backwards from just most expensive transfers in Premier League history, right? Like at large, both of these in the, are I, I would say the top twenty. Um, one uh, you brought up, David Luiz plays for Arsenal, and then one plays for Manchester City. I won't give you the center back or striker pairing. Lacazette. Nope. Aubameyang. Yep, Aubameyang. Okay. Um, yeah. So he came in for fifty-six million in twenty eighteen. That sounds familiar. So then the other one you said was Man City defender, John Stones? Nope. Not Ruben Diaz. Um, Laporte. Yes. Wow. Amerik Laporte. I, so Laporte. I actually don't remember Laporte being January at all. Um, so I, I don't think I would have gotten that one. Uh, yeah, Obama Yang, I do actually, now that you mention it. but. Yeah, that's the... Um... I mean, I think they came They came in the same window, in the 2018 window, but I think Aubameyang was after in that window. And I don't think – Laporte definitely didn't have as much proven hype. Uh, I remember Laporte time. coming in, but I don't remember it being a January thing. Um, right. But, you so, know, yeah, City you've got, have been buying defenders like crazy. I should have guessed more City defenders. Just They yeah, like, so, kept so, constantly bringing guys in. Right, for like 50, 60 mil. You had Yao Cancelo right. and John Stones, two of them in your team. Mendy. Um, and Mendy, yeah. So uh, – so the number one uh, January transfer, again, to recap, uh, yeah, Kyle Walker. The number one to recap <laughs> is Virgil van Dijk. Number two is uh, he was bought for 75 million pounds. Christian Pulisic were for 57.5 million pounds. Um, he's at Chelsea, and wow, uh, that money into Southampton. They I don't know if they've reinvested that into signings, definitely infrastructure. Christian Pulisic um, for 57.5 to Chelsea. Laporte for 57.2 million to Manchester City from uh, Athletic Bilbao. Um, Aubameyang from Dortmund, Arsenal, 56 million. Um, and then you have Bruno Fernandez uh, for 46.5 million pounds in 2020. Okay. Yeah, interesting. You know, it's funny too, it, you said it was timely um, when you brought it up to me before the pod that you said that you had a good one and it was it, it fit the timeline. Um, and um, not only, you know, January signings make sense, but just Liverpool going after January defenders. Uh, yep. Wow, craziness with them this week. We'll see how that works out for them, but um, losing to Brighton kind of might kill that, kill that anyway for them. But anyway, that was good trivia. I wish I would have been able to do a little bit better. Um, I definitely think that all those were very gettable, but 
you know, it's, I don't know. I'm thinking about these guys in these teams right now, and I almost can't think back more than a couple of windows ago. And, like, I think more in terms of seasons rather than, like, January has been so dead this January that it's just, like, kind of a, a weird year for it. But I like the trivia. Yeah, if you, if you look back, actually, the other transfers on this top 10 all-time, you have Philippe Coutinho, who went in for $106 million from Liverpool to Barcelona. That's highway robbery. Um, and then you have Diego Costa went from Atletico Madrid, or Chelsea back to Atletico Madrid in 2017. It's a big transfer, $57 million. Oscar went from Chelsea to Shanghai for $52 million in 2017. Highway Talk about a guy again. that you never heard about again after that yeah. move. Uh, I actually read the other day he wants to come back to Chelsea and finish his career. Um, and then... <laughs> Liverpool. Good luck with that, Oscar. <laughs> Liverpool uh, sold Fernando Torres to Chelsea for fifty million in two thousand eleven. That is significantly earlier than all the other transfers on this list. Yeah, and it's still a huge massive fee. transfer. Yeah, massive transfer. Um, and then Paulinho went from uh, Barcelona, uh, or this was not even the Premier League, Barcelona to Gangzo Evergrande in, in in January. That was um, a weird so move a couple, too. Yeah, a couple a couple players going to China on here. Oscar being one of them. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well. I always like talking transfers, so any transfer trivia is good. It's just tough to keep track because, you know, you think about, like, the best players in the league and it doesn't always align. Um, but those are all kind of, like, the only guy there that's young, really, is Pulisic. All those other guys are, like, mid-20s or later. But All right, let's get into uh, Predictor. What do you say? Uh, let's do it. All right. Um, I'll, uh, I'll take the lead on the first one here. We've got Manchester United versus Everton on the Predictor app. Chris is actually won some money. I have not. Um, I'm, I've got a kind of a trend. Let's not talk about these picks. Money. So I want to clarify: the predictor is free. You do not have to put it's any money into this to win money. Ooh, the, the returns are a little bit lower, but you do not have to put any money. Gambling in Michigan is legal now, as of two weeks ago, and I have not won a single Premier League bet yet. And I bet on like every single game. So. Um, <laughs> The predictor is great. Use the predictor. Don't gamble like an idiot like me and like Andrew Locke, my roommate, and lose money every day like we have been. It's been stupid. He hasn't been as bad as me, but I've been getting crushed. So I'm looking for 50K <laughs> this week. Um, Man United versus Everton, Saturday, 3 p.m. i got a lot of time to get these picks in. I'm going 2-1 United. Um, speaking of losing money, I bet on Leeds to beat Everton today, so they didn't. Um, Everton have been pretty good. That Hamas Rodriguez goal a couple weeks ago with his right foot was insane. They got Luca Dean back. Um, I think that they're going to put up a bit of a fight here, but United are coming off a huge high 9-0. I think they're going to come back and win again. Yeah, the more I think about this game, the more I think there might be some goals in it, um, given Manchester United's questionable defense. I'm going to go a little mid-change here. I'm going to go 1-1. That's, this game's going to be a draw. So, I, I want to sound the siren here. I'm watching Jack change our outline right now mid-sentence. He's changing mm-hmm. his scores. Talk about confidence. Um, yeah. He doesn't have it. He, he's, he's rattled after that draft still. So um, he's got 1-1. One, one. Next one is Wolves at home to Leicester Sunday, 9 a.m. Um, I'm still just sipping and sipping on that Leicester Kool-Aid. Uh, especially after today, Madison's two beautiful assists. I'm going to go 2-0 Leicester. Um, I know we talked about Willian Jose uh, last pod and that signing. Um, he looked a little bit better this week, but uh, over the weekend, oh boy, he put in a real rough performance in his debut. I, I'm not really seeing much from him. I don't think they're going to score. Yeah, I'm going to go, uh, again, not many goals in this in this game. So I'm going to go nil-nil. I think Wolves Wolves uh, will stifle Leicester. Uh, without Jamie Vardy, I don't know if they're going to be scoring uh, scoring enough goals. I know they found him as of late, and they've been playing well. But um, no Vardy, so I, I'm going to go Leicester nil, Wolves nil. Uh, moving on to the next game, we've got Liverpool versus Manchester City. Huge game, massive game. Liverpool, you've got to think, after losses at home to Burnley and Brighton, um, need a dub against Manchester City to get back into the title race and pull Manchester City down because Manchester City, quite frankly, look unstoppable right now. Chess, what do you got? So I'm kind of pulling the stat out of my ass because I'm not looking at it right now, but I saw it earlier and I'm pretty sure it's right. I think uh, Liverpool haven't scored in 348 consecutive home minutes in the Premier League. Um, I'm pretty sure it was 348. And I actually think it's going to continue because, like I said, Man City, you know, listen to my six side team. They've conceded one goal in nine matches, um, and they've just got it figured out. Like, they're firing on all cylinders, and I think this is the game where Man City 
wins and we all say, all right, this one's pretty much over. So I'm going City 3-0. I think they pump Liverpool at Anfield. Um, I do have United picking up points, so it's not technically going to be like a, a total runaway. I think Leicester will kind of hang around too. But I think this is the week where City just say, all right, this is our title. We're It's over. Sorry, Liverpool. Like, we're running away with this thing. Yeah, I actually really fucking agree with that take. But um, sometimes when I go for, you know, a really strong win or a big, a big win, some of these big games, and Manchester City have done this against Liverpool every now and then. And I think the last time they played each other, Pep said, or not Pep, Jurgen said it was the least amount of big chances they had given away to a Manchester City team. And so I think this 4-2-3-1 formation that Manchester City have been playing as of late, and then Cancelo slipping in um, kind of as a a midfield playmaker when they have the ball. I don't know if they'll go with that. I actually think they'll probably set out with like a Kyle, a Kyle Walker right back, a little bit more of a conservative 4-2-3-1. I think that will stifle their offensive production. So I'm going to go actually 1-0 Man City beat Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, Only I hope they now. open it up just for entertainment purposes, but we'll see. Um, next match, Blades at home against Chelsea, Sunday 2-15. You know, we talked a little bit about Thomas Tuchel not allowing any shots on goal. We talked about Blades being... Um, a little bit hotter, having a little bit of a resurgence here. I'm very curious to see what will happen. I'm actually going to wait on my predictor picks probably to submit until after tomorrow's match with uh, Spurs and Chelsea. But I do have Chelsea winning this one 1-0. Um, you look at Chelsea's defense, I think they actually have a really good defense. Um, but I think Blades are going to play with a lot more confidence. Uh, I don't think they're going to get beat down here. I think they're still going to keep a strong shape. Um, but I think Chelsea eventually will break them down. I'm going 1-0. Love that. Um, I... Yeah, I don't really want to say too much because I literally agree with a lot of your take, and I don't see a ton of cools in this game, but I do see Blades struggling to get up the field. They might have a chance or two, um, you know, maybe a, big, a set piece, but I'm going to go 1-0 Chelsea as well. All right, cool. And then I'll let you take the last one first. It's Leeds at home against Palace Monday, 3 p.m. Who you got? Yeah, I feel, um, you know, I got called a homer picking Zaha and Grealish in my team. But when I look at uh, Leeds against Crystal Palace, this is a tough fixture for Crystal Palace um, given, I do think in individual areas, like with Eze, with Ayu, with Zaha, um, and then you know maybe we see Mateta come in because he hasn't, you know, we haven't seen him yet for Palace, that they do have some good athletes, but I think Leeds attacking strength um, and press against our defense. I don't think we have the ball playing ability uh, from our back line or our two central de- defensive midfielders. Um, unless Gyro's playing, if Gyro does start, I think the Palace have a better chance. But um, unfortunately, I think Leeds are going to kind of pull out and the XG from the last time they played each other will even it out and they'll actually win one nothing or 2-1 against Palace. Sorry, 2-1 yeah, Leeds. I actually, uh, I do think Gyro will start. I think he has to, um, which would be a good reason for Roy not to start him. But no, I do think he will play. Um, I'm going to go 1-1 one, one, though. <laughs> I, I don't know. Leeds are just, they, they're just impossible for me to figure out. I bet against mm-hmm. them, they end up winning i bet for them they end up losing it's making no sense to me bielsa like if i see him in the pub i'm gonna have some words for him um marcelo so i I don't know and and palace have been good lately not great but they haven't really played a lot of great teams i'm gonna go one one um i think that between like zaha and eze and, and what palace have to offer they're good enough to score now um, especially against a team like Leeds that are a little bit disorganized sometimes defensively and, and really just push. Um, but I, I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. I don't know. This just one feels like a weird one for me. Uh, yeah, it, I, 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 Pal- Pal's have been weird lately, right? Like, they've, they keep, like, there's early these teams goals are, in their games, which is weird. Both these teams are extremely unpredictable in my eyes. So um, I think a draw is the most um, predictable result. We'll see. There you go. Fair enough. Uh, well, as always, guys, um, we're closing in on 60 minutes here, so we're going to wrap up. But give us a follow on Twitter. The handle is goes to show pod. Uh, jump into our predictor app. The NBC predictor app league is MDEQL8. Jump in on that. Like Chris said, you don't have to pay, and you can win 50K. That should be their tagline. You, you can pay. You could win 50K. Follow us on Instagram, um, too, at just goes to show pod. Like I said, I'm going to be putting out graphics for Jack and I six aside. Um, teams here, please vote on them. Create a little bit of banter. It'll be fun going back and forth and, and yeah, arguing. Yeah, I, I, I'm fucking thrilled for these graphics. So, because I do all the editing and like Chris usually does the outlines. So, we kind of have a good little kind of, you know, uh, trade off in terms of responsibility. But this is Chris assuming a whole new role for the pod. So, graphics by Chiss coming at you. You're talking about more than I expected. So, I might have to put a little bit more work into them than I thought. I had a little bit of a template. <laughs> it's not that flashy. Um, but regardless, no, it, it'll be fun. So yeah, please vote on those. Follow us. Um, 
give us ideas like, if you guys like this draft thing like give us ideas for more stuff like i thought that was pretty fun jack i don't know but i'd love to do yeah. more things like that we might try to incorporate some guests or something like that if, if people do like that um so feedback is always appreciated but that's really all we got for this week all right as always guys just goes to show everybody's human have a good weekend thanks guys